Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin? Or struggle to feel like you even have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there's so much more in there? You just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you want to know the Bible better and you're looking for any resource to help. Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We're sisters. I'm Veronica. I'm Erica. And we love to study the Bible and we love to help others understand it better. When it comes to our own study of scripture, we have found that in bringing back the context of scripture, it adds to our understanding. It actually adds color to the black and white pages of the text. Welcome to December, Erica. Yeah, and my family (laughs) is showing it. We are actually starting this whole episode again. And it's my fault. (laughs) No, it's just life. It is. We've had colds all week, and I really haven't gotten hurt, hit, except for the cough. Right. That's the only thing I've got. And apparently talking a bunch right now is sending your pain to cough and spasms. Yes. So. So we're starting over for the sake of all you listeners, so you don't keep going, why did it sound like they stopped and started? Why did they seem to lose their train of thought? Right. Because we did. Yes. So, and then our mom came and visited it. Hi, Hi, mom. mom. <laughs> but we are starting episode, not episode, yeah, sure, episode 111, mm-hmm. Esther chapter three. Mm-hmm. And as we've been coming, we're bringing this movie idea to you. Right. And Erica, you have, I don't like the movie at all. Oh, The Phantom of the Opera. Such yes. a fun story. No. Sad story. Yes. But fun music. Love the no, music. No. Yes. But it has this great scene. You can actually YouTube it. It's on YouTube. And it's the masquerade scene. And so they have all the dancing and the flashing colors. And it's a fun song. And the camera angle up till this point has been pretty much like straight on. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at people up and down in a normal way. But in the middle of the song, the phantom interrupts the music. Mm-hmm. And the music changes, but the camera angle changes too. And it's the current movie or the the most recent version. I don't know if the older versions do this. Like 15 years ago? Yeah, like 15 (laughs) years ago. And the the camera angle switches. So it looks at him and it's a little wonky. Like everything's just a little Mm topsy-turvy as he's walking down the steps. And it kind of makes you feel a little wonky. Mm Mm-hmm. A little off kilter. A little off kilter. And I think that's what the camera angle does in chapter three. Right. In chapter two, Veronica, we had Mordecai. The spotlight was on him. He had just saved the king's life. We're expecting him to be honored Mm -hmm. and nothing happens. But then in in, in chapter three, the camera angle kind of flips upside down. (laughs) Exactly. And we get Haman now Mm -hmm. coming up, but it's not like it was with Mordecai. It's a little, a little off, a little wonky. Something's wrong here. Right. This isn't a good guy. Right. Well, it helps that I think Haman's presented in a way that he looks like your stereotypical villain. Yes. That curly Q mustache. Yes. The slick backed black hair the cape the, the black, black cape, cape all the black coat clothes maniacal laugh ha, yes ha, ha. just any i guess my stereotypical villain is babes in toyland barnaby mm-hmm. <laughs> but somehow you know he's the villain right and part of it is because he's said Haman the agagite Yes. And always, it's kind of, we're not going to do a complete flashback here, but every time you see that Agagite, it's almost like it's a bright, shining neon sign above him. Agagite, Agagite, failure, failure. Right. Because Agagite comes from probably, they think, King Agag of the Amalekites. Mm -hmm. And you can read their story in Deuteronomy, no, Exodus 17, verse 14. 
Deuteronomy 25, 17 through 19, and then the final in 1 Samuel 15. Mm -hmm. Those are the stories you need to read to understand what does it mean to be an Agagite. Mm -hmm. Because every time Mordecai would see him or any Jew would see him, that's what they would think. They wouldn't just see Haman the man. They would see him in the Agagite with all that background behind him. And authors in scripture often do that to remind you of the backstory. Ruth the Moabitess. There's a backstory you can't ever forget. When you're talking to this person, when you're interacting with this person, think of that backstory. Don't ever let it forget. Don't. Don't ever forget it right? because that needs to be the filter you see. So it's almost like a whole new filter comes across the camera screen. Yeah, when he's on it. That changes and you right. go, oh, Agagite bad. Right. And, and so we're not surprised. We're expecting him to be the villain. Yep. And he completely fills our expectations. Yep. None of what he does is a surprise, although there's irony there. Yes. And so what you have then is, is that backstory. We're not going to flash back. If, and we're assuming right now, Eric and I are assuming you know those stories. If you don't, go read it. If you don't, go read it. If you're not sure, if you forgot, go read it. Because you, what you need to do is you see him, as you read about him, you need to remember the horrible things the Agagites and the Amalekites did. Right. And because also, especially with King Agag and King Saul, right. there's a reminder of, oh, King Saul didn't obey God. Mm-hmm. We didn't obey God. Mm-hmm. We're in exile because of our disobedience. So what would it be like if you were regularly faced with a mistake from your past? If every time you're walking around the city, you're seeing that that mistake, that poor choice, that disobedience right. of, right. That's, that gets hard to see it all the time. That's my fault. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're here. This happened. Right because of me because right. of my people and so it's that let me see if i can find it in my notes real quick oh the it's the reminder of your failure yes it's that's a what constant it, reminder of your failure yep and it, so sorry nope <laughs> and so what you just have is when haman and mordecai are seeing each other making eye contact across the room across the road they both have thoughts and feelings towards each other. Mm-hmm. And it becomes very obvious as Haman and everyone around him bows mm-hmm. and acknowledges and pays honor to him and Mordecai doesn't. Mm-hmm. But we're not told why Mordecai doesn't. The author doesn't give us a right. specific reason. You know, is it because he's Haman the Agagite? Is it because Mordecai just doesn't like Haman? Mm-hmm. Is there a reason I'm Jewish. I don't bow. Is that what's going through Mordecai's mind? We don't know. Mm-hmm. He's kind of left. We're left in a quandary, kind yeah. of like with Vashti. We don't. We kind right. of fleshed out in episode one or chapter one what what Vashti could have been thinking. But the author never tells us specifically mm-hmm. why Vashti made that decision, why Mordecai's right. making that decision. Right. Because truthfully, there's times we make decisions and we're right. not sure they're the right or the wrong decision. Right. Or we're not completely sure why we made that decision. Right. So Mordecai doesn't bow, and that sets the whole train mm-hmm. in motion. This becomes the conflict on which everything else is built mm-hmm. because Mordecai doesn't bow. And so Haman, just like in chapter one, one woman says no, so all women are going to mm-hmm. say no. Now you have Haman overreact in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. 
and Mordecai refuses to bow, and Mordecai is Jewish, so now all Jewish people will refuse to bow, and all Jewish people deserve to be put to death. Yes. I mean, because that totally makes sense. Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> That's where my brain would go with it, obviously. You know, but you've got Haman surrounded by these yes henchmen. Mm -hmm. And so he's talking to them frustrated that, oh, Mordecai's not bowing. And he's like, I know. Let's kill all the Jewish people. And they're like, oh, brilliant plan. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, everybody's just panning. Oh, yes, of course. You're so brilliant. And then the camera angle switches and he's playing dice. Mm -hmm. And we're going, what in the world? Why is he playing dice, Veronica? And what do we learn? Well, he's trying to decide the day. And using, and we've seen dice casting lots with Jonah. So there's similarities between Jonah and Esther. And if you haven't listened to Jonah, I'm going to plug our Jonah podcast real quick. Right. But as he's playing dice, he's trying to find that lucky day, just the perfect day to destroy all the Jews. Which is, I mean, the fact that it's to destroy a group of people, genocide is horrible. Mm -hmm. But the idea that you need to play dice to find the lucky day. Mm-hmm. To commit genocide is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why does it matter? What's why, What makes one day better than the rest? But that's the way, I get it. That's the way they thought. But the irony, the, the silliness mm -hmm. of the moment. The humor. The humor of the moment. You, you could laugh. Like, this but is this ridiculous. Is, you're planning to wipe out an entire nation, an entire people group, and you're going to use dice to pick a day. Right. And so it's not today. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's 11 months from now. Mm -hmm. 11 months from now is when we're going to wipe out an entire And I'm going to tell you all. And I'm going to tell you now. So you have 11 months to live. Ha ha. Right. Which in my mind, my mind would be like, well, I've got 11 months pre to prepare. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks. Right. It, a surprise attack isn't a surprise. When you've told me 11 months beforehand, it's right. coming. But at the same time, there's that humor, Veronica, but there's mm -hmm. also that second level of tension. Mm-hmm. And in realizing that Haman's an Agagite, you also realize this is an epic mm -hmm. battle. This is not just a battle between Haman and Mordecai or even between the Greeks, the Persians, and the Jewish people. This is a battle between God and Satan. Right. In one sense, the people of God and the enemy of God. Mm -hmm. And he is behind this, pushing this, and in just a very hint in the background, you get this epic proportion this is massive. Mm -hmm. This is not just a man playing dice. Yes, on the surface, it's silly and that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. But above that or underneath that mm -hmm. is the secondary level that this is the mm -hmm. enemy coming against to destroy, to mm -hmm. wipe out God's people, to destroy God's plan, tarnish God's name and have God break his own covenant. Mm -hmm. And where's God? Mm -hmm. How is he going to handle this threat? How is he going to answer this? Mm -hmm. Where is God in the right. midst of this? Right. And so we have Haman picking the day. And then he and his entourage. Well, clearly he needs the king's approval. Right. If you're going to kill the king's people, you need the king to say yes. Yes. And never say no, Xerxes. <laughs> no What's big the problem? deal. It's just a preliminary. Give him a heads up. Yes. This is probably a good way to put it. Yep. And so as you're following, as we're taking that movie idea, you're following Haman down the hallway. Yep. The music's getting louder. Yeah. It's more upbeat. It's more, you can tell Rocky. there's another celebration yes. going on. Laughing. Mm -hmm. And the brighter colors, we're back to kind of the idea of chapter one where the king's partying and mm -hmm. it's just 
ridiculous. Yeah. And he's sitting on his throne and, you know, you could have the king sitting there on his throne looking like he's being administrative, but his administration is, well, what food are we going to eat? Yeah. What wine are you serving? Yeah. What are the dancing girls going to do? Yes. No, I don't really like those colors there. Change the table over here. Yes. And you have Haman coming in. And it's almost like, King, I need to talk to you. You just keep doing what you're wanting. That's way more important than what I have to talk to you. Right. Just a few preliminary things I just need your approval on. Yes. And so the king is totally distracted and not really paying attention at all. And you can kind of tell this because Haman starts to say some things about a certain people group. He never even bothers to tell the king which people group. And the, the king's so distracted, he never asks. The king doesn't ask any questions. Nope. It's just, yeah, whatever, whatever. And so Haman's, you know, oh, he's covering his bases. So if anyone asks, yeah, I told him this and I told him that. And he was fine with it. Right. And so how were you saying it? Haman starts with... He starts with the truth. Mm -hmm. The people are dispersed. Then he switches to a half-truth. They obey their own laws and then he switches to a flat-out lie so they don't obey your laws mm -hmm. which isn't true mm -hmm. but what's interesting is these exiles these people of god are following different laws they are right. looking different so they in exile are still being obedient to the covenant maybe it took getting into exile to go oh yeah Right. There was a reason God told us how to live, how to act. Right. We were supposed to be different. Right. And we're going to try it now. So there must be something about something. them that is different. Maybe they're not doing all of it. Maybe they're not even doing it completely right. But they're living somewhat. Somewhat differently that they stand out. Mm -hmm. That they're able to say, oh, there's a group that are different. Their mm -hmm. laws are different. Their customs are different. They're just different. Mm -hmm. And Haman's going to use that to his advantage. So he's got never say no Xerxes kind of listening. And then he, throw, you know, oh, wonderful Haman throws out the, you know what, King, it's not even going to cost you anything. Right. I'll pay for it. Uh, here's your problem. And here's the solution I've come up with. Yep. Great. That's all really the king needs to hear. There's right. a problem and I'm taking care of it. Right. And that's all the king wants. And it's not going to cost you anything, right. King. Right. And the king's like, oh, great. Sure. Yeah. Here, Haman. Here's my ring. Go do what mm -hmm. you need to do. Um, About that wine. I mm -hmm. didn't care for the way it tasted. Mm -hmm. And and by the way, don't even worry about the money. I'll take care of it. Just just, just take care of the problem and the solution. We're good. Right. I don't care about the cost. The name's never mentioned. Mm -hmm. I mean, the king's just agreed to genocide and he never even asks who. Mm -hmm. Who am I killing? Why am I killing them? Mm-hmm. And so with that, then, Erica, do you want to transition? Are we now back to just Haman? Is he walking out? Yeah, you could have him walking out laughing or he sits down to the king. Hey, let me try some of that wine. You know, and it's at this moment, the the ominous of Haman, the Agagite, just grows as mm -hmm. he and the king are laughing and joking. And, you know, that he puts evil his, music. Yes. Kind and of he playing. puts his arm around the king. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're like brothers in arms in this. And this wicked, evil man mm -hmm. has the most powerful man in the world at his beck and call mm -hmm. almost. And the king is like, Haman, you do what seems good to you. But what seems good to Haman is to wipe out an entire group of people. Like the upside down mm -hmm. of that thought it's is ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> you know, and so in the, the story just piles it on because it talks about um, all the people mm -hmm. um, 
I'm looking through my notes. There's a lot of repetition as you read through this. They yes. keep that idea. Destroy, kill, annihilate. Young, old, men, women, children. The 13th month, the month of Adar. Plunder their goods. Every province, every nationality. Mm-hmm. The author wants you to feel the weight. That again, on one level, this is ridiculous and funny. But on that under level, there's a very serious, real situation here. Mm-hmm. They could wipe out mm-hmm. Every Everybody. Jewish person on the planet. That's who. That's who's under per- Xerxes' control. Mm-hmm. You know the, the all the power of the Persian Empire is about to come down on the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. One commentary put it: that's like a, an anvil mm-hmm. crushing a nut. Mm-hmm. You have no. There's no. There's, there's no, no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's resistance no way to is not. futile. Yes. <laughs> I'll exactly. do my own little quote. <laughs> yeah. So you leave on the one hand. You leave with. Haman and the king and they're laughing and they're having fun but it's it's not a like the music is kind of an in a minor key or it's mm-hmm. a little off there's something wrong as you feel the weight and the pressure this isn't a good thing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you start to switch well we've got to have Haman's writing out the edict in the order yeah right because yes. we have the scribes coming and a copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to ev- known to the people of every nationality. Because not only is Haman going to do this, he's bringing everyone in the country and all of the kingdom with him. He's put a target on every Jewish person. Right. So, you know, in a way you kind of need 11 months. Hey, start watching. Who's Jewish? Start looking around your neighborhood. Because in 11 months, you can take whatever is theirs. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Did you like like that house? Find out if they're Jewish. Yeah. Oh, you like that land? Find out if they're Jewish. Right. That's a good way. You've got some time here to Mm -hmm. play with. To watch your On the one hand, it seems ridiculous. If I'm really mad, I don't put my anger and my revenge off for 11 months. But on the other hand, if I'm cunning, if I'm devious... 11 months kind of works to my advantage. Let's make sure we don't miss any Jew. Right. We get all Maybe they could trick me for a week or two. Mm -hmm. They're not Jewish. Mm -hmm. But after 11 months, I'll know Mm -hmm. who it is. And I'll make sure. And as I get everyone in the nation watching, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Because you have, again, this idea, the reversal. Mm -hmm. Saul was supposed to wipe out the Amalekites completely. And now Agog... And the son didn't. of Agog is going to wipe out the Jewish people completely. Mm-hmm. So it's that reversal. Epic, yes. Mm-hmm. And so Haman's going to make sure I'm going to do it right. Saul right. didn't do it right. right. Saul didn't make sure he had every yep. I dotted, every T crossed. Yeah. I'll make sure. I mean, which yeah. is so Satan of I'm yeah. going to do it. The, the opposite. Exact opposite of what right. God wanted. Right. But I will do it this time. Mm-hmm. And he would. He had the ability and the power Mm-hmm. To do it, to wipe out every single Jewish person on the planet. Mm-hmm. And as we're as your movie is kind of going, a calendar's coming forward. Yeah. Because it keeps telling us it was... The month of Adar, the first month. Right. There, I think that's the month of Adar. Yeah, no, that's it? the 13th month, the 12th oh. month. Um, it doesn't It doesn't say what month. I've got to find the it. The month of Nisan. Yes. Sorry, it's the month of Nisan. My bad. Yes. Sorry. Which verse is that? It's verse 7. Yeah. In the Okay. In the first month. So that calendar's kind of coming forward. Well, or that meanwhile. We talked about meanwhile. You mm-hmm. know, while the king is partying with Haman 
and the edicts being written, now we see the edict being carried out into the city. Mm-hmm. And what's happening in the city, Veronica? Mm-hmm. Well, as you take that calendar idea, you would have almost circled on every calendar on the the first day of the first month. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, Passover. Right. Preparation for Passover. Every calendar in every home, as you start looking at all these different calendars, would be circled Passover preparation. Mm-hmm. Prepping for Passover. And you would see all They're cleaning these... out the house, getting rid of the mm-hmm. all of the chamats, the leaven. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the word. Every single Jewish family, you would just have picture and moving house video of each house doing similar actions everybody cleaning prepping going to the marketplace getting all Mm -hmm. the food for the feast laughing joking getting ready to celebrate Mm -hmm. the idea of god's redemption in the past when Mm -hmm. he saved them from egypt as they begin to hear that they are now under an even more serious Mm -hmm. threat of not just having their baby boys killed or being slaves forever Mm -hmm. they are going to be wiped Mm-hmm. You're watching as you're watching that camera angle of all these houses this happening. You're also seeing now in one shot the couriers coming out from the palace right. and dispersing into the city. And people are stopping. Mm-hmm. You're watching horror. plates fall, dishes just fall in Gasps. disbelief. Yeah, and you're hearing that gasp is just words going out. And as each house, as the, that proclamation reaches them, they just stop. And, and like scrolls are falling mm-hmm. to the floor. Like you said, plates are falling, things that they were using to clean. And, and the, the color mm-hmm. scheme is very different. It's very muted mm-hmm. now. The It's not the light, flashy colors we mm-hmm. had in the palace with Haman and Xerxes. It's now very serious, somber coloring mm-hmm. and tone. It's almost like fading. Yes. Like the even the color of their face. Yes. The colors just draining away is yes. this horrible yes. news is coming. And they're realizing we're about to be destroyed. We have Mm -hmm. 11 months. We were just about to celebrate God's protection in the past. Mm -hmm. And now this new serious, more serious threat Mm -hmm. arises. Mm -hmm. And you're left with the question, where's God? Mm -hmm. Where's God? And we we talked about how to do this as a movie scene, Veronica. But we couldn't really come up with a great... We had some ideas, you know, you, you have like the king's horse riding through without the king as everybody's waiting to see when the mm-hmm. hero's going to ride into town. Or you have, you know, e- pictures of the Exodus or mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments as they're reminded how God came in in the past for Egypt and wiped out the nation of Egypt, set his people free, came to their protection. Mm-hmm. Or that family picture where the one main character, the one main ca- family member just kind of like slowly disappears from yes. the picture. And it's like that idea of God right. just gone. Where's God? We're about to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Where's God? Where's our covenant? And mm-hmm. finally, the one image we settled on. Do you remember Veronica? Nope. <laughs> it was collectively they oh, start yeah. to re- remember the temple mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Ezekiel's prophecy mm-hmm. in particular. Mm-hmm. And they're just seeing the temple as they look back at the Assyrians and the Babylonians and all their backstory of just the temple crumbling and Ezekiel seeing the presence of God depart from the tabernacle as he just goes off and you're just left with God's gone. And that's the end of the scene. That's how this collective, Mm -hmm. the curtain closes, Mm -hmm. we're left hanging. That's how chapter three ends. 
Right. Um, this huge question mark. Where the king and Haman are partying mm-hmm. and the city of Susa is bewildered. Mm-hmm. And we're just, that's where they end. There's nothing, nothing to happen until next week <laughs> when you come back to listen to our next podcast episode right. on Esther chapter four. Obviously, you know the end of the story. But as we're making a movie, as we're crafting it, right, this would be the end of season, the end of the season. <laughs> oh, yeah. This would be the cliffhanger. Yes. The end of season one mm-hmm. or the, not the midpoint, the end of act one. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. The so, conflict is mm-hmm. out in the open. The villains out there. We know the good guys. We know the mm-hmm. bad guys. Here's the. St- here's the problem. Here's the problem. The conflict that's pushing our journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you're enjoying this. We are. Yeah, we are. But as always, don't forget, we are on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram. We have Erica's website, my website. If you ever want to like, if you've got a better way to picture it. Oh, yeah, share or it is with your, us. We would love to see because clearly we're not <laughs> movie directors. Yeah, we're not professionals <laughs> no. at the movie. But if you've got a fun way that you see this scene acting out, we would love to hear it. Because again, our intent is to help the Bible come alive to you. Our intent is to make you excited to read it for yourself, to study it for yourself, but then also to turn around and teach it to others, to talk about it with others, whether that's coworkers, whether that's the family sitting at your table or your Bible study group or your Sunday school classes. The idea is the more we bring it to life, the more we wrestle through this and go, what's going on? What would you do? the more God's word impacts our lives. And especially with this story of Esther, there's times where you probably have said, where's God? Mm -hmm. I don't see God in this. Mm -hmm. And I'm begging and I'm crying out to him Mm -hmm. because the whole point of the story of Esther is, where is God? God? Mm-hmm. Where is God? And so far, God's name hasn't been mentioned. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing him act. We're not seeing that, mm-hmm. like we saw in Jonah, those big, grandiose ways God showed up to get Jonah's attention. He's not doing that here. No. In fact, the villain seems to have the upper hand right now. Mm-hmm. He's on top. Mm-hmm. And so our encouragement is study the book of Esther. Mm-hmm. You Sometimes know? you need to know where's God. Yep. And it's okay to ask that question. I have many times. Mm-hmm. So thanks for joining us. As always, this is the Context and Color of the Bible podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.